You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Welcome to Pixels and Ink Podcast, episode 261, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Mior, and joining me today are Phil. That's me. And Brendan Quinn. Hello. And a returning guest from the intern circuit is Jesse. Hi there. How's everyone doing today? Uh, Good. Yeah, I'm quite well, actually. Yeah? Anything anything exciting going on in anyone's lives right now? Nope. Uh, not that I will talk about on the podcast, anyway. <laughs> uh, so news, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was a really slow news week, eh? Yeah, it really was. Yeah, nothing really exciting to talk about. But there was one cool thing that ha- a couple cool things that did happen. So um, Brendan's going to talk a little bit about this Kickstarter campaign, Bright Locker, that started this week. Well, it's not really a Kickstarter campaign. It's like a Kickstarter alternative. Yes. Um, so basically, yeah, it's Kickstarter for video games. Um, it's called Bright Locker. Mm-hmm. And its website says, It's the future of interaction between gamers, developers, and the amazing games that bring them together. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. I think a lot of cool games. Um, I mean, Divinity, Original Sin, um, which is one of my favorite games the last like five years, was a huge Kickstarter project. Mm-hmm. But do we really need a completely separate environment, like purely for video games? Yeah, no, I'm feeling the same thing because it's like people are already Kickstarter is so known already for mm-hmm. a, the place to go to to find something new, start something new, and it it's it feels like it's gonna. I, I'm not sure how much exposure it's going to give these developers, and right now it's got a it's got a bunch of indie games starting with it, so it's got a pretty interesting lineup to start. But I'm worried about the exposure that's going to give these guys. Well, I mean, you have Kickstarter, you have Indiegogo. Yeah. I mean, there's there's already two pretty established ones. I mean, I just feel this may be like the title of uh, video game uh, funding. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It's only, what, two days old? Yeah. It's still pretty fresh. Uh, yeah, too early to say, I suppose. But, yeah, personally, I don't think it's, it's necessary. And, uh, well, you know with the other two already established, it'll be hard for it to kind of get a foothold in the market. I think, anyway, you know. Yeah, well, time will tell, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, next thing we got to talk about, there was a Pokemon Go event. Yes, that's still a thing. There was a mm-hmm. huge Pokemon Go event that didn't do so well. Jesse, you've got some details for us. Oh, boy, that event was a mess. So it was the first ever Niantic-run, Niantic being the company that makes Pokemon Go. It was their first ever, like, live event where people could come out and join together. They've ran events like this before for their other game, Ingress, Mm -hmm. but Pokemon Go, as we know, is a huge game, like, massive in popularity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening was everyone went to the park that you had to buy admission to the event for, but... What was admission? How much did it cost? I don't know. It sold out so quickly, I didn't even bother looking, Mm -hmm. because there was no way I could possibly get a ticket, but essentially it was just so many people there, the cell towers couldn't keep up. Where did it take place? Uh, Chicago, I want to say. I, okay. I can look that up as I'm talking, but yeah, it was bad. From what I heard, they did approach other cell providers in the area to tell them to bring out more towers and bring out the trucks, mm-hmm. but nobody replied to them besides their partner who brought one van out. 
Didn't wow. the CEO get booed as well when yes, he came out? That was that was funny seeing it back here at home. Uh, the CEO went out on stage and started talking to everyone, and immediately just people started booing and shouting, "We want to play the game!" And when they were like, "Are you guys having fun?" I think somebody shouted, "We can't play the game!" And that got a bunch of applause or something. <laughs> <laughs> I got an answer about the ticket thing. So oh. originally. They went for 20 bucks. Okay. All right. Fair enough for that. That's pretty reasonable. Um, Because they sold out so fast, scalpers ended up uh, taking up the lot, and uh, people were paying $800. No way. Up to $800 to to go to this event. That couldn't play Pokemon Go. I was about to go on a tear about how much I hate scalpers, but if I could buy a ticket for $20 (laughs) and sell it for $800, i would be absolutely all over that. (laughs) Yeah, I can't even fault them for that. That's an absurd turnaround on that. I didn't realize that, yeah, I mean, because you don't hear as much about Pokemon Go anymore. Yeah. Obviously, that first month was, like, all over the news. Um, I didn't realize people were playing so much at this point they were willing to pay 800 bucks for an event. Like, that's Oh, yeah, madness. the game still had diehard fans. Yeah. Like well, that. they just didn't they just announce uh, the Legendary Pokemon were yes. released? Finally, Legendaries are in the game. So. Yeah, so there's a bunch of new stuff that they, they have. Ne- Got to give Niantic credit for the fact that they've been maintaining the property like mm-hmm. they've got boss battles happening now and there's a bunch of different extra things that they keep adding there there's some pretty interesting updates that are keeping people that are pretty invested in this going but uh, uh <laughs> it's yeah. debatable in certain circles whether niantic's really keeping up with it but really? yeah because what's the counter argument uh well they part of the rework was they reworked the way gyms work mm-hmm. so it's no longer just the way they reworked it, it's supposed to encourage people to have high turnaround rates on it. Oh, really? Yeah, but the problem becomes now it's worse. And the raid battles, while great in theory, where everybody can gather together regardless of team and play together in one area against one boss, mm-hmm. most you get are maybe two or three people per raid. Mm-hmm. And you're lucky if that's enough to take down some of the hardest raids. So, so Oh, so it's like they were expecting... Yeah, yeah. if this had come out closer to that original big hype, yeah. Yeah. they definitely could have kept riding this wave, but almost a year later. So they're not really checking on their data. No. I'm I'm not saying that they're not doing it, but it sounds like they're they're really relying on old information with all these updates. Yeah, they're very slow with the way they've been doing it. It seems like just poor business. I mean, considering the wave that they were riding for a while there, you know, such potential to keep that going and make tons of money yeah exactly it was mm-hmm. fun i mean i mm-hmm. burnt out my phone battery on the whole thing so <laughs> oh, I went out like I, I went through an entire phone last summer <laughs> playing it but yeah once that happened i, I just love those stories of people throwing out lures and then robbing pokemon go trainers <laughs> to show oh up God. i thought that was like that's pretty clever criminals man you know they're always on the up and up they, <laughs> they know what's hot yeah well it's a shame it's a shame because it, it did have some really positive effects to last year last summer when it came out but maybe more things will improve i'm optimistic i always am so i'd like to see them improve i'll be honest yeah i agree i totally do so phil you've got some great movie news for us i do i do well the first one we talk about is did everyone see the ready player one trailer yes Yes. and what you thought of it (laughs) (laughs) i am uh i'm definitely excited for the movie i haven't read the book yeah personally but I've been meaning to get around to that. Yeah. But just seeing the trailer, I'm like, this looks amazing. And there's plenty of pop culture references yeah. in there. That Now, see, that's the issue that a lot of people have with the book is that it is essentially nothing but references. Mm-hmm. I really? mean, there's not much outside of remember this, remember this, remember this. 
And a lot of people who read that are now worried that the movie itself is just going to be an onslaught of references to 80s movies and video games and so on and so forth rather than any actual engaging, fun plot. Yeah. But again, I'm a cynic and the people I talk to are mean-spirited cynics <laughs> as well. So. I mean, yeah, I like the look of it. I haven't read the book either, so... But really it's Spielberg telling really me, right? Or, yeah, he is. Yeah, if there's anybody that I'd trust um, a property to do 80s nostalgia justice, yeah. it's a guy who created a lot of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Plus, I like from what I've heard about the book, it is um, the the concept for the world and everything is actually pretty clever, mm -hmm. and there and there is some good stuff going on there. And yeah, I'm 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 excited to see how it turns out. Um, I think yeah, Spielberg is definitely the guy to do it. Um, if only because, like you're saying, he's the guy that created all those 80s properties. And then also because he's like one of the few people who's powerful enough they can get everyone to get all the licensing rights for everything. Oh, that's a good Which point. Is, like, I he's didn't the reason, think of Yeah, that. he's the reason why Roger Rabbit happened is that he was calling everyone up being oh. like, can we have permission to use all these characters? Huh. So I'm assuming that's part of it. But at the same time, I couldn't help but notice in the trailer that they were all conveniently Warner Brothers owned properties. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so it's hard to say. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm intrigued. I mean, anything that guy does, I'll go see. And it looks, it looks like a lot of fun, but. We'll oh, see. I mean, I'll definitely see it. And like I, the book to me now is only bad in retrospect mm -hmm. when I was reading it. I probably finished it in like two days. Yeah. yeah. Like it was an, it was a fun, engaging read. I mm -hmm. definitely, you know, I couldn't put it down. It's just when I looked back, after reading horrible internet reviews, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know what? You guys are right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, stay away from the internet. For it ruins things. Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing is, as well that I'm concerned about is that, like, when it came out, it was such that that was so novel to have all those, it, it, like, both yeah. the culture, pop culture referencing, but also the what they were doing with VR and that fantasy. And now, it, I don't know, I'm just worried it might be a little too late. But I don't know. We'll see. It was fun to see Freddy Krueger and the Iron Giant in the same thing. Yeah. And always will be. All right. Next up. Um, he says without actually having anything. All right. Here we go. Uh, oh, yeah. No, this is fun. So um, in, I think, a year and a half, I believe, uh, the rights to the Terminator revert back to James Cameron. Ooh. So he said that he's already planning to go ahead and do a new Terminator trilogy. Cool. On top of the, four, on top of the four Avatar movies that he has planned. All right. Yeah. So right. my feeling is but just like he's not going to be directing them, right? He'll just be producing, producing them, and writing them. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got four Avatar movies to make, so uh, yeah. he's got to set priorities. He's a busy, busy man. Well, I, my feeling is just like make one that works like <laughs> first, and then worry about the trilogy because, like, you know, they isn't it always a uh, quantity over quality? It seems that right. way, but it's just yeah, the same thing with the Avatars. It's like. I get that you want to make that many Avatar movies, but like, wait and see if anyone actually wants to see well, an Avatar yes. movie As a first. film guy, I was just going to ask you that. Like, I know the first one came out and destroyed all those records, but yeah. I think that was because the technology at the time and the way he filmed it was so novel. I yeah, don't yeah. think... Nobody talks about it anymore. Oh, the, I know. The world, the lore, you know, none of that Everything has remained. Moved on. Everything moved on, but like, at the same time, like, there were there were those news stories. There was a significant number of people like killing themselves because they couldn't go live in Pandora, and now yeah, that was a thing. Oh wow, yeah, I didn't so know that. People were yeah, people did people did get obsessed with it wow. at the time to an insane degree, and also um, they did open up that Avatar Disney World. That's people right. Were going yeah. nutty, nut bar over that, but yeah, at the same time, I'm with you. Like it has not become iconic in the way you'd expect the most the highest well, grossing film of all time. Absolutely. With the yeah. right amount so of marketing, weird. he could make it relevant again. Sure, and especially, and he's also like claiming that 
Like it's going to be released in 3D without glasses, and he has all these like huge technological. Well, plans. there's really? definitely again, yeah. like he set such a bar again with the first one, mm-hmm. based purely on like filming techniques. I have mm-hmm. a buddy who's like a colorist and a cinematographer, mm-hmm. and he absolutely enjoyed the movie purely from that perspective. Oh like, yeah, on a technical level for sure. Yeah, he didn't care about the story or anything. Yeah. He was just like absolutely floored by what they accomplished with for the sure. movie. And one would hope that like. You know, part of the reason why Avatar took so long, the first one to get made was because it was waiting for technology to catch up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he claims the same thing's happening here. So, like, there could be that. But at the same time, like, four is too many. And Way three Terminator movies, like, just calm down. And when was the last good Terminator Judgment Day? I know. Right? I granted so, hold so. on. I want to go back to this Terminator stuff. So, is he, like, he did he say anything about the trilogy? Are we going to get a reboot? A he remi- said, yeah, like, he said he wants to reimagine it. Really? Yeah. Now, my guess would be, what would make the most sense would be to do The Rise of the Machines. Yeah. Now using like, contemporary. Like, finally show yeah. how yeah, yeah. it all happened. And do it now with contemporary technology, so it's not yeah. 1997 anymore. Um, but although I'd kind of like it if they did, like, it was it in nineteen ninety seven. It would be funny, yeah. Yeah, it would be funny. Now I'd prefer if they did now as like Siri with Skynet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, when I heard the, the Google machines or the AIs were speaking to each other mm-hmm. in their own made up language, it's like okay, yeah. we're getting close. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's time to get worried. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, we'll see. But I just I wish you'd calm down a little bit. All right, next up. Um, so Nicholas Holt, who uh, British actor played the Beast in the most mm-hmm. recent X Men movies, he's gonna play uh, the young J.R.R. Tolkien in a like biopic about his life, um, oh. his early life when he was um, uh, an orphan. Who th- it was described as yeah, he played a young orphan who finds a group of friends who fuels imagination, only to see them torn apart by World War One. I. I was oh. gonna ask if it's gonna because the war was such a huge impact totally. on his writing. I mean, that's yeah. what Mordor was. Yeah, it, it exactly. Was like Flanders and totally. France and the trenches. So. Yeah, totally. So it should be all that. So that could be compelling. I hadn't heard of that until you mentioned it. I mean, uh. I'm intrigued just on the concept. Uh. I'm, I'm not huge into Tolkien lore, yeah, but I think neither. you know. Uh, his experiences and how he translated them into such a far-reaching and still relevant property. Is, yeah. I think that'd be cool to check out. Oh, for sure. It's an intriguing idea. And um, who's doing, who's directing that? Um, I, 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 they haven't it was, it was not in the news release. I found it. They didn't even have, they didn't have anyone listed or perhaps someone's been uh, just that hired yet. Would be just yeah, he's, they just, yeah. he's signed on yeah. to it. So that's starting to like get momentum for it. So, yeah. So, anyway, it seems like it could be intriguing. We'll see. Um, we have that movie coming out this year about the people that made Wonder Woman. So, I'm sure it'll be dependent on how that does, whether or not this one gets made. Yeah. Which I'm super excited about. Because you guys know much Are they going to the touch guy? on the whole bondage Oh, yeah. Not the whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. I mean, that's a huge aspect that nobody seems to really talk oh, for about sure. or remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do yeah. you think that rope of truth came from? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now, and he invented the lie detector machine. He's a fascinating guy. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah, he invented oh, the wow. lie. Yeah, so that's where the last, it was a combination. Of yeah, he invented the lie oh. detector machine, and when he invented Woman, Wonder Woman, he was in a uh, polyamorous relationship with two women, mm-hmm. one of whom was a, like, uh, groundbreaking uh, feminist scholar, and the other of whom was a dominatrix. So, like, you can kind of see how that... Well, I mean, I'm, so <laughs> I'm very much Wonder interested. Wonder, in Wonder Woman came now. together, yeah, and then um, they actually he actually, they actually got ended up getting fired off it because the books were too perverse mm-hmm. um, oh. at the time. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a whole thing about how he got into this whole thing about the sexuality of the women mm-hmm. on that planet, and then they because there were no men, and it was kind of like bondage based. Yeah, in the '40s, that just wasn't cool. No, yeah, and this was and pre-comics com- code too, yeah, right? T- totally. Yeah. So it was very. Uh, very strange little thing. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. All right, moving on. Oh, yeah, and then the last story is just kind of a funny one, which is that 
Um, they're continuing to reshoot Justice League, which at this point, they must oh, have been reshooting longer than they've done yeah. the, the actual original shoot. Now Joss Whedon's in charge. And the funny thing is that uh, Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, um, is shooting the new Mission Impossible movie now. So it's become like incredibly difficult for him where he's like working seven-day weeks and flying between countries to do both. Mm-hmm. And But more importantly, he has a mustache in the Mission Impossible. <laughs> and the producer of the Mission Impossible won't let him cut it, so they've now decided they're just going to CGI out his mustache. As <laughs> so it's easier to CGI out a mustache than wear a fake one. Apparently, huh. yeah, apparently. God, technology, how far mm. we've come. Yeah, no, so they're reshooting right now because uh, after uh, SDCC, mm. there w- it was basically confirmed that um, Ben Affleck's no longer going to be Batman. Yeah, that's uh, there's that that's going on. Um, well, they more they wanted he, more like I mean, quippy, fun dialogue. Yeah, because yeah. they didn't want to make like another Snydery dark. Mm. And yeah, and, and they've essentially hired Joss Whedon to make it the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I the the <clears throat> the Batman thing. It's tricky to say because um, like Ben Affleck was still like overly enthusiastic about it when they asked him about it i feel but like he wasn't committing to a lot of yeah but i feel like they'll at least give him that solo batman movie but they have also said that the um which is a smart move given how every, what everyone dislikes about the dc thing so far that mm-hmm. uh the flash movie is going to be flashpoint which would allow them to completely retcon the oh, entire okay. universe within the plot and okay. recreate everything from scratch and make it seem like kind of what they do with like along. crisis and all that. Yeah, like totally. Just blasted all the pieces exactly. and start over. Exactly. So they actually have that built into their plan now. That at one point, amazing. Though, yeah. like, something that became so maligned in comics mm. is now like a tool for movies to do the exact same thing. Like so we did a few, of- it's not working. We'll make some crazy event happen and yeah. we can start all over again. Get yeah. rid of everything. Yeah, it's little ridiculous but uh anyway i i just like i'm fascinated to see that justice league movie now just because it like i just can't imagine how that would work at this point if mm-hmm. they've shot like three different versions of it at this point yeah. like they started shooting the version they had planned assuming everyone's gonna love batman versus superman and then they were like rewriting constantly when that was happening and then they went back and reshot it a bunch after that and then they replaced Zack Snyder with Joss Whedon, and now he's reshooting it. Like, I just well, don't... Well, Suicide Squad had a ton of reshoots, too. For sure. Yeah, like yeah, how that turned like, out. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but yeah. we also yeah. had that work for <laughs> yeah. it, so... That's what yeah. I mean. Exactly, like, yeah. It, yeah, it obviously didn't work. I mean, you yeah. can have something that's going to suck mm-hmm. and just kind of let it suck or try and save it and make it 100 times worse. Yeah. Know. It is a poorly edited mess of, yeah, three yeah. different movies. It's, it's a be... shame, because I'd, I'd actually like to see a good Justice Well, I'm just League. like, oh, I mean, yeah, I got no vested interest in it really at all, um, but I just, I want to see Momoa as Aquaman. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. I never in my life thought I would say, I'm excited for a movie because Aquaman is in it. <laughs> Although, in the trailer, I was a little bit confused by some of his dialogue. Like, he seems mm-hmm. kind he of seems bro-y like bro. and kind of, I mean, yeah. Oh, I don't know how oh, I feel you're about bad, that. Oh, you're bad. I dig it. Like, yeah, yeah whatever. Man. If they do that kind of cheese right, I think yeah. it'll be fun. Uh, Plus, uh, with Ben Affleck being just a grim and miserable and sour guy, it might be fun. But yeah. honestly, well, that's know. the only thing really for me that's kind of drawing me to the movie. Yeah. Kind of crushing my fantasy of this new Aquaman. That's all I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> Bro Aquaman, not my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's all you got? That's it. Sweet. So why don't we take this opportunity to take a break and hear from our sponsors, Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento. Thanks, Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento. All right, guys, uh, we're back with some movie discussion. Phil, you went to go see Atomic Blonde, right? I did go see Atomic Blonde. And what did you think? Uh, it was okay. Um, yeah, I was very excited about Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always $5 short. Lame. Wait, five bucks short, you say? 
Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of Coupons Past. Are you scared? What the f- Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next Comic Bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG, all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next Comic Bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next Comic Bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. The Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Thanks, Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento. So, Phil, you went to go see Atomic Blonde, right? I sure did go see Atomic Bond. And now, it you? was a very it was okay. So, I was uh, very very excited for this one because um, it's directed by David Leach, who is one of the half that directed John Wick and is going to make the new Deadpool movie. And I thought it had a lot of potential. And um, in what what it really comes down to is what you expect out of it. Mm-hmm. Like as an action movie, you know, I find for the most part. As long as the action's really good, that's all you really need out of it. Mm-hmm. But um, as a movie movie, it's nice if there's like plot that's worth following and characters that you care about. And this doesn't really have that. So that's a problem. But anywho, uh, so yeah, it starts Charlize Theron as a super spy in the 80s. It goes to Berlin right before the wall falls down. She's going there to try and uh, get to try and stop a stolen list of secret agents, secret identities mm-hmm. um, from being from getting out into the black market. And she meets up with James McAvoy, who plays a wacky party boy spy and yada, yada, yada. It really doesn't uh, make much sense or add up to much. And more importantly, what's mo- most frustrating with it is how dourly serious it is most of the time that it's you're, mo- you're pr- primarily just seeing character actors in crumpled shirts looking very stoic and sad mm-hmm. off camera in between uh, punch em ups. Now, the punch em ups themselves are fantastic. Um, David Leach was a, a stuntman for years before he got into directing, and he does some like incredible physical acting, uh, incredible physical action sequences in it that are as good as anything in John Wick in particular. Um, because the, the reason that he has Charlize Theron wear that horrible blonde wig is that he is, is so that they can use hit it edits to sort of sub her out for a stunt a stunt woman and back in. And there's one like incredible like ten minute single take action scene that goes up and down three stories in a building, and then out into a car during a car chase. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, but the problem is at that point in the movie, like as well, I. It, I, I love that isolated sequence. I was just so bored of everything that was going on. I wanted it to be over. Yeah. And that's not great. Yeah. Um, particularly, and, and it was something that I thought it could have been solved, but it, it simply, even by virtue of, the, even if they had like a mild sense of humor about it, like John Wick, which is like sort of self-aware of that. Totally. Like, yeah. This is just a bunch of action set pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Loosely, yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Like John Wick could have easily, if it had been played straight, been like a really dull and cliche, but yeah. because they were aware of how, how, silly that was and exaggerated it then it became more fun could have used uh much more of that in atomic blonde there's a little bit it is very like gratuitously 80s themed and it's neon colors and big shouldered fashions and yeah constant uh dance 80, 80s dance so it's a little hits. cliche yeah there's a lot of cliches in it but that being said the action scenes are incredible yeah um one like i would say that climactic winner at the end is one of the more impressive ones i've ever seen so ultimately like I, I did enjoy it as an action movie because I normally do 
expect them to be kind of crappy, except for the action. That's yeah. just sort of part. Mm-hmm. Of, that's just part yeah, of the yeah, thing. Of course. But I was hoping for a little bit more out of this, and that was disappointing. Also, part of it is that um, the plot really reminded me of uh, one of my favorite comic book series that's on right now, uh, Velvet, mm-hmm. which is also about a. It was also a Cold War thriller about a uh, a, a butt kicking lady spy. But it's actually like interesting and compelling and fun and colorful, mm-hmm. which are things that this movie really could have used. Oh, so when kind of <laughs> held up next to each other, it made yeah, the flaws of the other for sure. way more obvious. The whole time I just kept thinking, man, if this had been Velvet, I would have loved mm-hmm. this so much more and blah, 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 blah. Um, but again, that being said, like if you are just someone that loves action movies and choreography and all the explosive face kicking magic that comes out of the genre, <laughs> yeah. there's plenty of good stuff there. It's just unfortunately... Few and far between. Yeah, it may be worth waiting until you have a fast forward button or until some kind soul isolates all the action on YouTube. How's the yeah. uh, How's the soundtrack? Like, it's good. Solid tunes. Oh yeah, or? there's some great stuff, but it is also like in like it, it, like uh, very cliched even in those choices. Oh, like okay. it felt like remember when they used to have like awesome '80s mix CDs that they yeah. sell yeah. on PBS at three in the morning. It felt like they grabbed one of those, um, which was a bummer. Um, you hear 99 Left Balloons three times, I believe. Oh, geez. Yeah, oh, one of, in Berlin. Well, yeah, Berlin. I know, right? <laughs> Come on. One of which How is, clever. I know, right? One of which is like a very slowed down, sad version, uh. which, again, had it supposed to have been funny, it would have been great. But, but it, it took like, itself too seriously. It was so like a dramatic scene that I'm supposed to be like taking, that I'm supposed to be taking seriously and feeling for, and then like a slow version of 99 Red Balloons <laughs> comes on, and I'm like, I can't. I so can't why do did this. he take it in this direction? Hmm? What do you think his motivation was for taking it in this Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure the, like, there, I'm sure the goal was, I mean, it is like a, a genre piece. It is, yeah, there, yeah. There's a whole genre of these kind of steely, sad, stoic um, of Cold War thrillers. I'm sure his goal was that if they pulled it off, then it could have been, like, something dramatically satisfying mm-hmm. and also filled filled with crazy action, kind of like, like Jason Bourne, like a Jason yeah. Bourne movie, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think it was just that, and ultimately it didn't work. I mean, he got a great cast for it. Mm-hmm. I think just the script needed some help. a lot of work. Some love. A lot of work, yeah. yeah. But that being said, you know, a lot of the best action movies ever made have horrible stories and terrible acting, and they're beloved and iconic. Yeah, yeah. pretty much anything. Beloved and iconic with a burp. Um, <laughs> so That's what Post is for. Yeah, We're exactly. good. But so, like, uh, so, yeah, for people that are fans of the genre, I would totally go for it. But if for people that... You know, or just trying to take it in as a blockbuster that they're hoping to take seriously and whatnot. I would maybe wait until you can just see the face. I mean, movie. even as a fan of like, yeah, action and martial arts movies, I'll probably just wait till I can watch it at home and yeah. kind of skip over the boring stuff. Yeah, if that's exactly what I was saying. That's what I'd I was recommend. Doing the layout yesterday, I was yeah, just yeah. like, hmm, uh, I really like it. It's visually beautiful. I'm mm. really excited by what the pictures I saw, but yeah. and what you were saying about it. But yeah, I'm gonna wait till that one comes yeah, on. I'm not paying Netflix what, or something. 15, yeah. 18, whatever the hell the movie yeah. costs yeah, these yeah, days yeah. to go. Which is a shame. Yeah, because I really, really love John Wick. Oh yeah, totally, and me too. Yeah. Um, but well, fortunately, John Wick. Here does. For sure, but fortunately, John Wick two came out not that long yes. ago, so yeah. we got that. that yeah, great. we did. We did. Yeah, that was, that was so, fine. Yeah, unfortunately, kind of disappointing. Yeah. Wah wah. Wah wah. Yeah. So, did you see anything else? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It was the other big movie this week is the Emoji movie, which they didn't screen for press, so I have not seen that yet. Yeah, but perhaps I wonder just... why they didn't screen it. I for know. Press. Yeah. Oh, gee. It sounds well, so currently good. sitting at a Metacritic of nine, <laughs> yeah. a big round zero on Rotten Tomatoes. I can kind of understand why they may have not screened it for the press. Yeah, perhaps yeah. not glowing reviews that they were, you know, totally ready for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it sounds. 
abysmal. So, so I didn't see that. Uh, the only other thing I saw this week was um, uh, a movie called Lady Macbeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've heard a lot about that. Yeah, actually. it's really good. Yeah, yeah it's a British film um, about this young woman who's like it's it's set in the Victorian era who is married off to a uh, coal a wealthy coal mining family. Mm-hmm. And she's traded along with property, so it's very humiliating. Mm-hmm. And um, on like her wedding night. Um, after being like, you know, rigidly tied into her pretty dress and so forth, her like, uh, her new husband comes in and tells her to turn it around and then jerks off and goes to sleep. So it's very unpleasant. And then from there, she just lives this very like cloistered, very painful, horrible existence. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up uh, meeting, hooking up with this stable boy, and they have an affair. And then she slowly ends up murdering like most people in the movie. Oh. Um, hence the title. Um, and it's yeah, it, it was very good. It was very dark. It's yeah. very still, very unsettling. Um, and it's also very very clever because it kind of like puts you in a position where because it, it was such a like particularly misogynistic era, you're automatically on her side and want her to sort of fight the fight the system, man. But then like she ends up being like a horrible person, thinking bad people. So they kind of suck her. you into cheering for her and they're like, but, but also yeah, she's yeah, horrible yeah. too. Yeah, totally. Just to screw with your emotions and make you feel terrible by the end. Um, so if you like that sort of thing, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely not like a fun night at the movie. Well, I just love the stable boy archetype because I find that a lot more relatable than like the rich industrialist cool oh, guy yeah. getting married. Like, oh, there's totally. hope for guys like me. Oh, for sure. <laughs> totally. But then there's also like a... Um, really interesting racial component to it where the stable guy uh, the stable maid is black there's also a black maid who she's taken advantage of so there is this sort of there's this power dynamic within it where like you feel with her because she's being put down by the misogynistic society but at the same time like she's she's taking advantage of them um, because they're because of the race Um, so there's a lot going on it's very complex very interesting very disturbing and violent and yeah if you feel like being really depressed there's no better way than Lady (laughs) Macbeth Sounds, yeah. No, I don't think I'm into that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty sold on it. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, Lots I'm of into murder, that one, yeah. A lot of unhappy. I mean, people. I like the idea, but yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go give it a watch. Sure. Yeah, yeah it's good. Cool. Really good. Yeah. All right. So that's it for movies. That's it. All right. So we have a an interesting that we none of us played games this week. Uh, that were new games. New, new games. games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we kind of talked about oh, this before podcast. Now, uh, all of us seem to be playing games right now that were games we played way back when and just revisited them after a long time. So we're going to talk about that experience today. So, um, Quinn, you were talking about Knights of the Old Republic. It's been a long two. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, two, just because um, I had actually played the original more recently mm-hmm. uh, than the sequel. Plus, it was, um, yeah, my uh, my PlayStation was getting fixed, and mm-hmm. I just have my MacBook, and obviously, you know, it's not a gaming rig, so it can't really run any... Uh, newer games or anything that kind of requires like beefy hardware. Yeah. I was like, oh, what the hell? Like, I still have all these older games um, to play. Uh, why not play Knights of the Old Republic 2 again? Yeah. And honestly, like, I mean, it's janky and it's ugly and, and all that, but uh, the gameplay still holds up. The story's awesome. Like, as a Star Wars fan, um, I'm playing through it as a Sith probably for the third time. Eventually, I'll probably replay it as a good guy, but it's yeah. just really hard. It's never yeah. fun to be a Jedi. You don't mm-hmm. want to. No. Man. I don't want to heal people. I want to choke them and shoot <laughs> lightning at them. Of course. Um, and plus, you can play it now. Uh, I can plug my PlayStation controller into the laptop and play it like that, so. which makes it a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, 
a lot gets put on games being shiny and fast and uh, frame rate and high def and yada 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 but a game that's still fun to play will always be fun to play yeah which i think is kind of the crux of what we're all talking about here mm-hmm. now did it was it the nostalgia factor that no kind way. of color? I mean, like, honestly, it's just, it's, uh, the gameplay still holds up. They still have games like that. I mean, sure, yeah. it's, again, it's not a pretty game, and a lot of it is sitting back and just kind of inputting commands and letting everything happen, but mm-hmm. it's still fun. I still enjoy it. There's still a bit of strategy to it, and building a character is always fun, especially in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Like Plus, there hasn't been a good fun Star Wars game to that level in probably since those games. Yeah. I haven't played the Old Republic, the MMO. I'm not an MMO guy. Yeah. But for like a single player story driven Star Wars RPG, I mean there's been nothing good since and it's still awesome. Uh, I'd argue give the MMO a shot. They've did enough changes. All you can play are story missions and you'll be perfectly fine yeah? getting through it. Yeah, you don't need other players. Just yeah, like I've never really played. I tried playing Star Wars Galaxies when it came out like oh, many gosh. moons ago, mm-hmm. and I was yeah. like, "Well, I'm never playing a Star Wars MMO again." Like this is not. No, I, I played through the first Kotor, and then I did play through the second one, and I still wanted some more, so I jumped onto the MMO. Yeah, and it's pretty decently well. Like you still got your companions, you can still go through the main story missions, okay, the main planet cool. missions. Give it a shot if you want more. Yeah, I might as well try it out if I'm you know fiending for something more. I mean, but then again, I'll probably have to get a new computer to play it because half the reason uh, I was playing it. I don't know. Maybe you could run it on that. Give it a shot at least. It's free. Why not? Oh, is it free? Oh, yeah, okay. it's gone free to play. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. Firing my uh, personal grievances against the whole free to play idea. Well, they well, still have a subscription option if you really want to give. Now them the free to play uh, option microtransactions are they like a huge deal oh the cartel game? market is huge in that game yeah it's but do you like, need to pay to win basically is what i'm asking oh uh, i won't say pay to win it's uh, at least back when i played it was paid for convenience okay okay i'm all right with that yeah because yeah. yeah. then you can brute force through and that, i'm happy right? to grind yeah i mean i enjoy the you're Dark a big souls, souls player yeah so, so gr- grinding is totally cool with me as long as the mechanics are sound i'm happy to sit there and do the same thing over and over and over again for days at a time. Well, I would definitely give the MMO a shot if you want more KOTOR. Cool. Check it out. And, Phil, you have a totally different perspective from the video game thing. You were into a bunch of pinball games Yeah, I've been playing a lot of pinball lately. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I... um, He's taking it way back. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm jumping in on this one with you because... Oh, I love pinball. I just haven't played it in years for obvious reasons. Mm. Um, uh, So where have you been playing pinball? Well, I got back into it from Tilt, the barcade in town, and then since then I've been kind of like looking, scouring for other machines. Mm -hmm. Um... And yeah, I've just really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, I just it, I, I hadn't done it in so long. I'd forgotten how like elaborate machines had gotten lately, especially right. Um, yeah, like there's this one uh, ACDC machine that I found. Yeah, that's first of all, it's great. But like there's unlike their music, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. it was a hot take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like they have there's a um, there's a second pinball machine below the main pinball board, so you can get in there and it has the satan's face on it so that's great yeah um and then i found uh one that's based on twister um that has both a spinning metal wheel in the center of it that acts as a uh, magnetic uh, tornado to throw your ball around and also has a fan on the top so when mm-hmm. things get intense your hair gets blown black 
which is just fantastic. like being in a real tornado. Just like being in a real tornado, which <laughs> is fantastic. And then I found a uh, Freddy Krueger one. Yeah. Which is. And where are you finding these ones? Um, these are just different places around town. I wish yeah. I could remember their names uh, to mention them. But mm-hmm. do you go there specifically because you know they have these machines, or you just end up there and you're like, oh, well, look There's at that. I'll go little play. column A and column B. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, the Nightmare on Elm Street one was really amusing because of how tasteless it was. Because it's yes. easy to forget that there was like a period where Freddy Krueger was this huge pop culture icon and everyone just kind of ignored the fact that he was a child molester. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> there's one thing. So, so I mean, there's the fact that there's just that going on in general. But then there's also like part of the board is this uh, like tool shed where he was burned to death. Okay. And, you, and you're supposed to try and hit the ball and get it in there, oh. and then it gets trapped in, and you hear like flame sound effects mimicking him being burned to death. Oh, and then wow. he has a he- and then he has a head on the table, and he'll spit the ball back out and spit out a one liner. It's great. That's an older well, the one liner thing is perfect because like that was his. That's whole, Freddy's whole yeah. shtick. So that was great. And then there was a great. Uh, and then yeah, the be- and then the best one I played is the Adams Family, which is just. They Why have that. that um, my. Folks had a cottage up in Bomb Beach. Oh, yeah? And uh, they have, like, an old arcade there, and they've yeah. had the Adams Family one there for, like, I've been going there since, you know, I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they've, they've had it there every time I go. So. I would hope so. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's, like, almost impossible not to get some sort of weird special thing with it. Um, but, yeah, so that was incredibly fun. And, uh, yeah, so I just enjoying enjoying that. It's amazing how, yeah, it just even as simple as it is, they hold up really well. And, and also, like... I had just assumed they'd stop making pinball machines, but they do not. No, they don't. Yeah. No, it's it's, oh, really? it's a very thriving. And they get, yeah. and they get thr- they- especially since uh, I think Toronto has recently changed their laws. Originally, yeah. um, you weren't allowed to have a pinball machine in a bar unless there was a separate partition and a separate room for it. Oh, like or and it had to do something with a, like you could get away. With, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a very strange bylaw. Like it's like you could get away with it with a children step. in a bar. I have no idea because yeah. literally all you needed was a step up. Yeah, yeah, and then you can go into it. So odd. Um, but now there's a huge because of the pinball cafe idea that started maybe two three years ago yeah, yeah. It, there was a, a, officially a pinball cafe yeah um that was closed down after they did not pass the bylaw yeah yeah and uh but since that's changed a little bit we've got tilt going on we've yeah. got a number of different bars there's one actually just down the street from cg magazine's head office that yeah. uh, has a, a big collection of them as well oh cool and so I'll because have of to that go, obviously. oh yeah no, yeah it's literally by the by, by the bar with no name i can't remember the name of the place okay but Okay, um, we'll talk about this after. Absolutely. Yeah. But really great place. Cool. But um, yeah, because of that resurgence and because it is such a an underground community that is now becoming a lot more uh, mainstream mm-hmm. because of these bars, it there there's a lot of different choice and um, great places to find really retro things. Yeah. Like I, I'm personally into the really old, like analog. Yeah. Like I want to hear clicks and whistles and yeah, I want to hear yeah, the gears yeah, and everything yeah. like that when I'm playing. Yeah, um, yeah. I found an older one. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was from. It was definitely from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a soccer game, which was great okay, because, like, yeah. in the corner there was a there was a goalie, and if you like got a certain mode on, you you have to try and score against the goalie. Yeah, which in pinball is amazing. Yeah, I know because yeah. it was that satisfaction of things physically moving when yeah, you yeah, yeah. achieved something. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I personally owned a. A Mars Attacks machine. Oh, no and way. That was built out of the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, 1977, because oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a nerd and know these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's that the very satisfying, um, like, physical response that you get from the games. Mm-hmm. 
that uh, yeah it's very really tactile cool. and you don't yeah. feel like you're at the mercy of just like a random numbing generating yeah. mm. kind of algorithm you mm. know like that ball can go anywhere that's real physics yeah mm-hmm. so yeah and it reminds me of that uh, are you afraid of the dark episode as well where the kid gets shrunk and put the <laughs> pinball exactly and, yeah but he gets stuck there at the end and yeah forever yeah, uh, that was that's horrifying a dark episodes it on is. that show yeah 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 good stuff yeah absolutely yeah. Before your time, Jesse? Uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch. I didn't watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? Probably went off the air before you were born. Uh, I remember yeah. there were some on TV. I never watched them because I was afraid of them at the time. Oh, fair enough, man. So. Like I said, but, it was uh, surprisingly pinball, dark for... Yeah, pinball ahead. I do play. Yeah? Yeah. Like, if I see a pinball machine, I'm definitely dumping some money into it for sure. Mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, that used to be, like, the thing my mom would do. She'd take me out to, like, the local pizza place. Yeah. And we'd just order a pizza and play pinball for, like, an afternoon. Oh, that's oh, nice. That's, that's so cute. That's the yeah. cutest yeah. story. So it's like, anytime I see a pinball machine now, I'm like, well, I have to at least play one round in it. Mm-hmm. I played video games because my parents didn't want to be around me. Mm-hmm. That's I'm just kidding. My parents are lovely people. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean that. <laughs> But yeah, so it's nice to see that pinball machines are still around. Yeah. yeah. I'll admit, I've been on the hunt for old retro machines, and it's hard to find like even just cabinets anywhere. So, Well, you got to try some of the places in Toronto. Well, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll come down here more often. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a totally different... Our experiences with revisiting old games are going to be a little bit different than yours at this point because we were playing the games when they first came out, and your experiences are games that are, we're kind of coming back to. Yeah. So, what were you saying? Your game you played when you were uh, really young, and then coming so back to it. First game was the oh god, which Mario game was it on the Super Nintendo again? Was it Super Mario World? I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like the first video game I have actual memories of. Mm-hmm. But for the longest time throughout my childhood, it was just straight Pokemon. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you could hand me a Game Boy, put some Pokemon in there, and I would sit in a corner for like days at a time and. I wouldn't move. Yeah. So revisiting those is always kind of fun. Cause what was like the first Pokemon version that you remember like playing or getting really into? Oh, Pokemon Blue. Oh, it was? Yeah. Hey, okay, cool. Like I had my older cousin who's I think four or five years older than me. Mm-hmm. Great at numbers as you can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he handed me his old Blue because he bought Red because he liked Red better at the time. Mm-hmm. So he's like, here, take Blue. I don't want it anymore. And I just sat down and just marathon that as a kid. Obviously, doing the way any kid does. Grab your starter, and that's it. Yeah. Every other Pokemon is just cannon fodder. But revisiting me, I think I took my, my younger cousin who... Well, I say younger, but he's like 28 or 29 now. But at the time, he was younger. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I, I had looked at Pokemon, like whatever. It's just something my like dorky cousin plays. And then I started playing it. And like, same thing. I spent like the whole summer at the cottage, just like tucked away with his Game Boy. Like, can I have it back? Like, just like <laughs> in a minute, man. Come on, like I, I'm older than you. I can beat you up. Like, I'm just, I'm gonna play this for a little while longer. But yeah, it's definitely funny hearing you guys talk about these games as if <laughs> with fond memories. And I'm like, some of these I haven't even touched. Like when you're talking about Kotor, I only touched them for the first time maybe five years ago, if that. Oh wow. Yeah, so I touched them well after like the fans had modded it, and we yeah. had yeah. plenty to go on. And seeing you have different experiences than me on that, that's just kind of. Well, I mean, it's cool that I mean that you can still play it and enjoy it. Like we were saying, it doesn't matter how old a game is. If the mechanics are sound and it's fun, it'll be fun, you know, for anybody. Exactly. Like playing my dad's Intellivision when I was like little in the late 80s, which now, like you wouldn't believe how basic it is. But I mean, the tank battle, the two of us going at it, like couch co-op before couch co-op was a thing. And it's the most basic thing ever. But man, it was a blast. 
And then him telling me kind of similar stories of like him and his brothers playing it in the seventies. Yeah. You know, and it's it's yeah. Generations come and go, but games that are fun to play will always be fun to play, I think. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. I'm still gonna probably whip a cartridge of Pokemon Blue at my child when I get one and Yeah. Here, play this. I don't know where we're gonna find the Game Boy or the batteries, but play it. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think that's about it, guys. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. And if you like what you hear or want to know more about the things we've talked about, visit us at cgmagonline.com. Uh, I know Phil's Atomic Blonde uh, review was up yesterday, so please check that one out. And mm-hmm. there's a number of other things we talked about this week that are up there. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at cgmagonline. Uh, do you guys have Twitter, Phil? I do, at that Phil Brown. And I know, Quinn, you don't have Twitter still. Want us to follow you on anything? Uh, no. No. Okay, no, don't I'm follow good. Quinn. What if we follow yeah. you in the street? Is yeah. that okay? Uh, that's fine. Okay. Just in, hunt him in down. In person, I'm okay with that. It, yeah. just, it makes me feel like I have friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, do you have a Twitter? No, I avoid that. Uh, really? <laughs> really? Like, I don't, I don't touch it. You're like, yeah. I, yeah. I get that. I understand that. Um, saying that, I, you can follow me at, at Lisa Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what an awesome uh, segue there. That was perfect. <laughs> I don't even touch Twitter. Well, I, I do, and this is mine. I do. Here's mine. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, you can also follow us at Facebook. Uh, we're CG Magazine on Facebook. On Instagram, we're at CG Mag Online. We post some really fun pictures and videos and the occasional, I don't know, pictures and videos. That's cool stuff. Just look it up. And uh, thanks again, Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento for helping us make this work. Um, from everyone here at CG Magazine, have a great weekend. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.